Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that have a vast knowledge of the most stupid things that you could possibly have vast knowledge about. Yeah, and yeah. fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. What are you, the baby? I am the baby. You are not. You are the opposite <laughs> of the baby. You are like the polar opposite of who he is as a person. Dexter, Dee. Yeah, That's yeah. Jason. We're starting right now. Uh, let's get into these part twos. It's the playoffs, baby. Let's go. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we will be having a live stream this Sunday, next Sunday, and the Sunday after on Instagram, at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram to follow that, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter as well to submit some questions. You could also submit the questions, obviously, in the chat room on Instagram. We will be answering questions live that day. Um, We'll be talking about the weather. We'll be talking about everything you need to know heading up to game time. It is playoff time for us. It is playoff time for you. Uh, Michael's in a in a crazy situation actually for playoffs. Michael either has a bye or did not make the playoffs in all of his leagues, so he is actually off this week. I did not lose. I did not miss the playoffs in a lot of leagues. It makes it seem like I uh, I had a bad year. I well, you missed in one year. league, two, two leagues. Okay, so you, you got know what's funny, man? Buys and I just gotta I just gotta say this because it's hilarious. All these fantasy people on Twitter. Oh my god, this shit cracks me up, Jay. I know what you're gonna Dude. say. For transparency, here's how I did this year. And then there'll be like five playoffs out of eight teams. And then they'll just go and explain why the three teams that didn't make the playoffs didn't make it. Like some bullshit excuse. And it's like, first of all, like don't preface it with for transparency. And then try to not make it like not transparent. Like you missed the playoffs. Stop. And second, we're all humans, man. Just because you make recommendations doesn't mean you can't miss the playoffs. Right? I drafted fucking Juju Smith-Schuster at in early round two. Devontae Freeman, early round four. Shit happens. I mean, I hate when fantasy analysts make excuses for why they missed the playoffs. Michael. Uh, <laughs> I, I, all I said is that I have more points than you, and I had the most points against you had the least points Yo, against. Jason, you listen to the— I ended six and seven. You ended eight and five. You listened to the Monday episode, right? Michael's like, I yeah. finished with more points than you. I'm so mad. This guy finished with three and a half more points than me. <laughs> three and a half more points. He's been talking shit like he's been— like he's been Three and a half more points. Uh, you like playing with the facts, huh, kid? Stop, stop bitching, all right? Uh, let's get into our first game. Detroit at Minnesota. Michael, you're, I, I, I'm not used to you not having a comeback for me. I was going to make a sexual— <laughs> Come back. I was going to say three and a half more inches. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely not. Um, Detroit at Minnesota is the next one. Minnesota, 13-point favorite with an over-under of 43. So Vegas kind of is on the same bandwagon I am this week, and that bandwagon is the David Blau, Blau, Blau show blah, is blah, a blah, really blah. more of a Blau show. I don't think he comes out and surprises again. Um I think Minnesota will be more prepared for who he is. With that being said, let's go over to the Detroit side and let's start with them. Kenny Galladay after look, this is why, like you said, like, yeah, you're human. And even if you're a fantasy analyst analyst and you do this for a job, you're gonna miss the playoffs. Because with a third string quarterback, Kenny Galladay had his career high in yards <laughs> against the Chicago Bears. 
Sometimes Unbelievable. you just sometimes you just cannot predict this shit. It's the world. So that has it's it's fantasy. But with that being said, we're gonna give it our best shot. Minnesota, um, particularly Xavier Xavier, all roads lead to the end zone have been has been horrible this year um, in terms of giving up fantasy points to wide receivers. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones have both been uh, highly targeted in the red zone, up and towards the top of the leaderboards in touchdowns in the league, both of those guys. Um, You want to say it's a bad matchup, it's a backup quarterback, but at the same time, these guys have been so consistent, you can't sit them. So I think you just hold your breath, you hold your nose, and you jump in with Galladay and Jones. Yeah, uh, I don't really have... Much to add to that because the Xavier Rhodes, Trey Wayne's secondary has been ridiculously exploitable and just super trash the entire season. Back when Rhodes was good, you could hide Trey Wayne's. Now it's just like a free-for-all. Yeah. Like, now they both suck, so it's just easy. And this is a game where Minnesota's likely going to lead, so they're going to have to pass a lot. We saw Galladay and Marvin Jones find the end zone last week with Blau. Obviously, this dude, it's his second ever game starting this week and it's tough to trust him but there's obviously boom bust potential here but there's also upside as we saw last week so Galladay I like more as a wide receiver three this week if you have to put in a wide receiver two I don't hate it Marvin Jones same I prefer as a flex but if you have to put him as a wide receiver three I don't hate it a lot of people are talking about Danny Amendola let me stop you right there Danny Amendola has not put up more than six points uh since week eight so you know eh, get him out of here although with that being said um, he's played a bottom 10 pass defense four times this this year. Three of those times, he scored in between 13.5 points and 21.9 points. All with Stafford. All with Stafford, yes. But he does play better against the bad defense. All with Stafford. <laughs> and that's really all old. aboard we Stafford say about Express. What about Bo Skirber? Bo Skirber. Bo Jason, how do you feel about Bo Scarborough? And, and Scarborough. All right, Scarborough. And we'll we'll add J.D. McKissick. scars, bro. Shush. They I'm sure McKissick. you guys can attest to the fact that I love running backs that don't touch the ball ever through the air, that plot for three yards a carry, and that are very touchdown. Four and a half you know, yards a carry. You know I love those types of guys. Jason, From, your sarcasm resonates. He's Carlos Hyde with a little less upside. And now they're facing Minnesota. I'm not starting Bo Scarborough. Unless I have to. You know what? I think that's the perfect example. Proceed judging Bo Scarborough as if he's Carl Hyde. I mean, Carl Hyde is better. I don't know. I don't know that he is. He's on a much better offense with Blau, David Blau quarterbacking and Deshaun Watson quarterbacking. Yeah, that's true. Michael, you're just uh, you're correcting me a lot today. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, 11 targets for... Uh, you you tweeted something. What did you tweet? One of you guys like uh, eleven targets for T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, eleven targets he saw against Chicago. I mean, he's on IR now, so don't put him in your flex spot. I mean, in your tight end spot. Eighteen J- yards to Jiminy J- Cricket Hawkinson. <laughs> Eighteen yards on eleven targets is like a new form of bad. Any love for Logan Thomas? Let's move on, man. Logan Wolverine Thomas. Is let's what let's move on, man. Logan. Let's move on, man. Um, let's go over to the my mind, Minnesota man. side. Man, what is going on with Adam Thielen? This is two straight weeks where we're like, yeah, Thielen is definitely going to play, and then he does not show up. Well, we never said Thielen's definitely going to play. It was questionable. Well, the that's what they were saying. <coughs> Luckily, they the they they didn't wait till Monday night. They 
halfway through Sunday they said it. So you probably had a replacement if you were an Adam Thielen owner. Look, right now I don't have him in my rankings. I don't want to deal with that. Once we get some more updates, I'll add him in my rankings. But if he does come back and play against Detroit, I mean, you got to play him. Yeah. Yes, it's risky, but the upside is tremendous. Same goes for Stephon Diggs. You got to play both these guys. Darius Slay has been good. Uh has been good in his career. He hasn't been as good this season. So, I mean, you, you got to play both guys. I think that with when it comes to Kyle Rudolph, who last week a lot of people depended on Kyle Rudolph, and they he won some people some playoff spots on Monday night. Um, 70, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, he's been very good. Adam Thielen, when he plays, though, takes away from Kyle Rudolph. If Adam, Adam Thielen plays, are you still – Going with Kyle Rudolph. Probably not, even though it's been such a glorious stretch for Rudolph. Glorious. I don't know who Rudolph is. Shut up. <laughs> All right, so here's the big question about that. Let's, let's go to Cousins first, though. Um, Kirk Cousins has been on fire ever since everyone told him he sucks. Kirk Cousins acts like he's a like a really calm. You know great, everybody, my cousin. A calm, great dude. <laughs> but, dude, Kirk Cousins is a fucking animal when he's put against the wall. Like... Put you put him in ba- his back against the wall. Tell him he sucks, and he balls out. And he's been balling out ever since everyone kind of rid him off. Shout out to Kirk Cousins for that. Detroit you giving know, up the ninth most points to quarterbacks last week against Seattle. A pretty decent game. Um, how are you guys feeling about Kirk? And you get that? Oh, he was zero and eight Monday night. Now, uh, he he had a chance to come back in the fourth quarter, but he didn't. Blah blah blah. They were down 17 in the fourth. This dude scored two touchdowns and actually gave them a shot to get back into the game. So and some a, a fumble from his teammates, a drop pass. Like he he is not his fault that they lost that game. Yeah, but I mean this is a glorious matchup against Detroit. My only worry is that they uh, take an early lead. But even so, with that being the case, he's still been playing well in recent weeks, basically all the way back to like week three. So I, I'm I'm happily firing up Kirk Cousins this week, especially if Dalvin Cook. Ends up missing the game, and I expect him to lean more heavily on the pass. Jason, um, how do you? I am weird with Parker Cousins because I think this is going to be Alexander Madison week. If Dalvin Cook doesn't play, uh, Dalvin Cook is the guy that we're going to be talking about because he injured that shoulder in college, injured it again. He says he's going to play. Um. There's been no reports, although the report about Alan Th- Adam Thielen is that he did not practice, um, but they're keeping him very close to the to the uh, vest in terms of Dalvin Cook. Uh, limited in practice today. Who knows what that means? Limited means different teams, things for different teams. He says he's going to play, but this is a guy who we mentioned it the other day. If you're redrafting right now, the order is probably CMC, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook. Or even CMC, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas. Would I be crazy? Even if Dalvin Cook plays, let's say we go through the week hearing that he's a game-time decision. And then he plays to start Alexander Madison over someone like Bo Scarborough. Uh, It's not crazy because Detroit has been a leaky faucet when it comes to the running backs. And Madison can get involved. We've seen him get involved with Dalvin Cook games. And there's a chance that they lighten the load a little bit for him. I'm I'm on board with you, Jason. I'm a good guy. You should be more often. This, but for real though, like this is a this is a decision that people are gonna have to make because Alexander Madison is either on your team or you picked him up in waivers this week. Um, I think his ownership went up like thirty five percent this Yo, week. I'm or just saying like that. this right now. 
Look, if you have if you're a Dalvin Cook owner and you have Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook is ruled out, don't ask us should I start Alexander Madison or blah blah blah. The answer is Alexander Madison. Yeah, that's that's that might be an RB one. Yeah, just replace him with Dalvin Cook. Something I wouldn't like say that. Like no, I mean in your lineup. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying he is Dalvin Cook, but like <laughs> I have I have him as a high end RB one. I'd probably put Alexander Madison as a mid to low end RB one. I mean, and if Dave, Dalvin Cook does play, you you have high expectations for him, and you go. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the game of the week right here. Uh, the San Francisco John, uh, the San Francisco Giants, the San Francisco uh, 49ers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you the reason why I said Giants baseball off seasons in full swing these days with the game of baseball being all home runs or strikeouts. Like I don't really like watching games that aren't the Mets, but this, the off season is still great. I love baseball off season. It's the best off season. Yo, if you're a Phillies fan, I'm laughing at you for that Zach Wheeler sign. Yeah, good luck with Just that. Throwing that out there. Good luck with that. Um. San Francisco, New Orleans, an over-under of 44 points. New Orleans is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which really means San Francisco is a half-point favorite because they give three points for a home field advantage. So let's start on the home field. Let's start with New Orleans. Um, Let's start with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara now has seven straight weeks without a touchdown. Um, Latavius Murray was nowhere to be found, so he's getting the, the work, right? Yep. What's going on with Alvin? Because he's been all right, but right now he's the running back 13 on the season. I mean, he's just not scoring touchdowns. He's averaging over four and a half yards per carry. He's had eight receptions in three of his last four games, at least eight receptions. He just hasn't found the end zone. He has two touchdowns this season, oddly enough, after scoring 14 and 18 his first two years. I think that's the most surprising part. Yeah, so I mean, if you have Alvin Kamara, you're still firing him up. You just have to hope that he finds the end zone to have that great game, but... I mean, this dude is already over a thousand yards, and he scores double digits every single game except against the Rams, Week Two. Every single game, double digits, and he has two touchdowns on the season. That's nuts. Does San Francisco scare you at all? Of course, but Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara, and you have to play him anyways. Like that—that that changes him from a huge ceiling to a moderate ceiling. Honestly, in my opinion, I mean, we just saw—I uh, was going to say. Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram didn't have a great game against San Francisco, but Lamar Jackson ran for over 100 yards. I mean, Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. You got to play him. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Alvin Kamara, he, I say he's the running back 13 with a little disappointment in my voice, but he missed three games. And it's not like he's not getting the touchdowns because uh, because Latavius Murray is coming in and stealing his goal line work like some experts suggested would happen this offseason. That's not the case at all. What's happening is... He hurt. He just isn't getting in the end zone. A lot of the reason of that is because Jared Cook is now on the team. Uh, Jared Cook doing an excellent job, has been a tight end one easily uh, for the past few weeks, had an opportunity to have an even bigger game as a tight end one, dropped a couple of passes, dropped a touchdown uh, last week. So with that being classic said... Classic Jared Cook. Yeah, classic Jared Cook. With that being said, the San Francisco 49ers are the number one defense against the tight end this week. Jaquaski Tartan Company. Yeah, why Jaquaski? Not why not well, not I'm very Jaquiski. upset that it's not Jaquiski. I've always called him Jaquiski. Apparently it's Jaquaski. He's good now, so everyone knows his name now. Either way, um You guys ready for this? Hold on, Michael, I gotta cut you off. Do it. Because it's time to do this again. Da-da-da. Tight ends at the 49ers have faced this season. Oh, here we go. Tampa Bay, fuck out of here with OJ Howard. All right. Cincinnati, yikes. Pittsburgh, yikes. Cleveland, no Njoku, yikes. 
The Rams, all right, Gerald Everett is decent. Skins, no. Carolina, Greg Olson is a shell of himself. Arizona, no. Uh, Seattle, decent tight end. Arizona, no. Green Bay, no. And then Baltimore, Mark Andrews. So they've played like three good and tight ends. And Andrews end had a good game. And Andrews did have a good game. And Andrews had a good game. Interesting. That's it. That's it. Bang. And it was last week. Bang, bang. Last week. But either way, Jared Cook, even if... J- Sam- I was going to say Jaquaski, sorry. Even if San Francisco was that good against the tight end and Jason didn't just point out all the flaws in that argument, I'd still have him ninth. Like, I have him nine. I wouldn't move him because... I'm not going to move him below guys like Dallas Goddard, Vance McDonald, Ryan Griffin, but I'm also not going to move him a bunch against the upper tier bunch of Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, Hooper, and then Waller, Doyle, and Henry. Let's talk about let's talk about that now that, that Ebron is out. Jack Doyle's a stud. The last couple of weeks we've been measuring him up against a bar of Evan Ingram. Let's say Evan Ingram comes back, Eli Manning back a quarterback for the Giants, like we'll talk about. Do you play Cook or Ingram this week? I'd stick with Cook. Jason Cook. Uh, let's go over to a guy you're definitely playing, Michael Thomas. Yep. Michael Michael Thomas. Um, you know, Richard Sherman is not a guy who follows someone around. He His career has been um, kind of marred by that situation, but he doesn't give a shit. Um, I think you, I mean, Michael Thomas, you lock him up. I don't care who he's playing on defense. He's almost matchup proof. He had his first bad game last week, and he still had a pretty decent game. Yeah, enough. Come on. You start Michael Thomas for crying out loud. What about Drew Brees against this number one ranked defense? No. Yeah, you can't. Even though it's it is home dome, Drew Brees. Home dome. I'm still not doing it. The Niners, we've seen how good they are. Yeah. Uh they're I mean, they're not even giving up 170 passing yards a game over their last five games. Insanity. Yeah. Uh let's go over to the other side then. Um, what's going on with this backfield, man? Look, my, Matt Breeder might be back. Tevin Coleman was cold and got the cold shoulder afterwards. Raheem Mostert, on the other hand, put up 140 rushing yards against one of the best rushing teams in the league, rushing defenses in the league. Yep. Um, this is someone, a team that you can run on in New Orleans, unlike last year. So the question is, what do you do? If you're a Tevin Coleman owner, can you start him? If you picked up Raheem Mostert, can you start him? Like, What do you do? Honestly, there's so many question marks, especially in a Kyle Shanahan offense who just – Shares the load always. I think all three of them are high risk, high reward flex plays. Oof. I don't think you could. I don't think you could put them in RB one or RB two spot and be happy about it. Like if you're starting them, they're in your flex, and you're hoping that that's the one that takes advantage of their role that game. I got a question for you: James White or one of these running backs against KC? I'd probably stick with White. White. Um. Miles Sanders are one of these running backs. I mean, Jordan Howard's probably out again. Is he? I mean, there's been no sign saying been, that he's going to return. But there's been no sign saying he's not. Well, obviously not if Jordan Howard's out. Jason? Obviously not if Jordan Howard's out. It's against yeah. the Miami. What about one yeah. of the what I about mean the Giants? What about one of these guys or um a Bo Scarborough Alexander Madison type guy? These guys. I'd rather start Madison than Burrito. What about Mostert? I'd go Mostert. Ooh, Jason wants him. He's a hot diggity dog with some Mostert on it. Mm-hmm. Um, George Kittle is the best tight end in football. That is clear. 
Um, I don't disrespecting Travis Kelsey out here. I don't know, man. George Kittle is really the total package. Travis Kelsey is up there, but George Kittle is the total package, man. You see the shit on Twitter that Doug Gottlieb said Kittle's not a blocker, and now everyone's making fun of him because yeah. he's an idiot. And Doug, he just, Doug Gottlieb is, is one say. of the biggest douchebags in the history of reporting. Yeah, talk about shit on a stick. I cannot right, uh, stand Doug Gottlieb. That guy is d- a d- fucking d- d- douche. Doug. And I hope he sees me and is like, hey, you got a guy that called me a douche? I'm like, yes, douche. That's exactly what I'm going to say to him. Like, I, I, I really cannot stand that guy. He said so many dumb things and just has been a dick to so many people for no reason in this world. I just, nah, I no, no Doug nah, Gottlieb. Nah, 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 but that nah. being said... New Orleans, right in the middle of the pack in DVOA against the tight end. So nothing to be scared of if you're a Kittle owner. Let's go to the outside. It's actually the number one, again, because tight ends, it's very hard to predict. Um, according to the PFF matchup ratings, uh, George Kittle has the number one uh, matchup this week against the Saints. Ooh. Uh, with their the, the matchup to the safety of Von Bell, I believe it is. Ooh, Debo Samuel has been about as consistent as you could be as a wide receiver. He's really come on strong uh, in half-point PBR scoring, 17.2, 19.4, 12, and 13.10. Uh, receiving touchdowns in three of those, ga- two of those games. So he's been doing it with yards, too. Um, 11 targets, 10 targets, two targets, but with a big reception and a touchdown, and then four targets. So his... I mean, his targets have gone down with the return of Emmanuel Sanders, but his production is not. Um, but this is a case where he'll probably be drawing Marshawn Lattimore. How do you feel about him this week? I mean, he's be he's become the number one option, really. Since Sanders has gotten hurt, I don't know if Sanders is still hurt and he's playing through it or if he's actually healthy because he has not been the same, really. So he has less than seven points in each of his last four games. So he's more of a flex play where you have to hope he kind of bounces back. But... Debo Samuel, I'm putting him in my, um, I'm putting him in my wide receiver three slot, and I'm gonna be happy about it. If you have enough good receivers to put him in your flex, even better. Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's more of a low on flex play until something changes. He hasn't scored more than seven in four weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't play him. Can't play Emmanuel Sanders in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance he scores twenty. There always is, but you can't play him. Um, what about Jimmy GQ? No, I don't want to. I don't want to stream this week either. He's only been like streamable against the worst matchups. So all right, let's go to our next matchup unless Jason you wanna add anything at the end? No, I'm good. The over under for this Indianapolis at Tampa Bay matchup is forty seven. Let's start on the Tampa Bay side because interesting quote by Bruce Arians last week. Bruce Arians said that the reason why Ronald Jones did not play last week it's pretty funny was because he missed a blitz pickup. And if you miss a blitz pickup, you don't play. Man, Bruce Arians is that boss where you have a employee who's been killing himself for you, and then he comes in 12 minutes late one day, and he's like, get out of here. He missed a blitz pickup. Wow, it happens. He's a fucking NFL running back. He's not an offensive lineman. Maybe he just missed a damn blitz pickup because he's half the size of these linemen. It happens. Or he just let someone go by. It happens. Jeez Louise, I can't. That blew my mind. Like, you went to the worser option. Worser. Worser. You went to the worse option. I think worser is a word. It's definitely not. You went to the worse option because you're an idiot. It's as simple as that. You're an worser. idiot. The definition of worser is not as good as or worse than. Worser is a word? Told you. The fuck? Well, you sound like an idiot saying it. So yeah, worser sounds a real like, winner here. You sound like Andy. 
having baby talk. Um, you can look at it this two ways. Is this a good thing because that means Ronald Jones is the starter, or is this a bad thing because you never know what's going to happen? Jason, what do you think? Uh, bad thing. So are you playing either of these guys in the Absolutely playoffs? Not. No, I'm not. There's, <laughs> there's no way you could do that. Or would you play one of these guys or one of the San Francisco running backs? Yes, San Fran. Really? Wow. I wouldn't. I I don't know if I could play Matt Burrito. So we'll, we'll, when we say one of the San Francisco t- running backs, we'll say Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostert. Are I you know. are you playing one of these guys? Or are you playing um, Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook plays? I'd say one Barber Madison there. Rojo. Barber over Barber Rojo. Rojo. Yeah. Interesting. I got Rojo over Barber for sure. Either way, just don't play them, man. Dude, you I mean, some people have to see what happened most recently with this team, and most recently, Barber was the back. Um, we are going to have passes in this game and it's going to be Godwin. It's going to be Evans. That's who it always is. That's who it will be. Um, is it a Godwin game or is it an Evans game? The season has been going in ebbs and flows for these two. It's like a bunch of Godwin games in a row and then a bunch of Evans games in a row. And now a bunch of Godwin games in a row. Does it go back to Edwin's or Evans or is it going to be Godwin? I'm not going to lie and say that I know the answer. (laughs) If I had to guess, I'd say Evans because... Pierre Desir and company are not a match for Mike Yassin. Rock Yassin, yeah, just not Jason's a match. Name. Yassin. For, for I thought you <laughs> just yelled at me. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Yassin for Mike Evans. So I'd put money on Mike Evans, but I have them at six and seven because they both have massive upside against Indy, who conservative defense are going to try to keep the lid off the top of the offense, and I expect a few big plays to happen here. So. Uh, I'm firing both of them up happily. I'm not. Prashad Perriman had a nice game last week, but don't trust Prashad Perriman. Just have to throw that out there. Jameis Winston, not a good real life quarterback, but a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah, he's always in the QB one uh, discussion when it comes to fantasy because he throws so much. Let's go over to the other side. Jacoby Brissett's an interesting play this week because um, he's not. Listen, he's not. Tampa gets torched <laughs> by everyone. Okay, but look, if you're not going to play Jacoby Brissett. I understand. Let's talk about his weapons. Zach Pascal, because T.Y. Hilton doesn't even know if he's going to be back this season, although it's not official that he's out yet. Zach Pascal is, is might have a chance to be a wide receiver one this week. Wide receiver one's a bit much. It's a, it, I'm just saying his ceiling. Like, you don't usually get a guy like Zach Pascal ceiling as wide receiver one. I think his ceiling is wide receiver one. On, on the same note, I think Jack Doyle's ceiling is tight end one. Yeah, uh, Jack Doyle... I'll, Doyle's easier to side with. Yeah, but Pascal, I mean, in games without T.Y. Hilton, he's gone 5 for 76 in a touchdown, 7 for 109. But then two games, he also went 2 for 26 and 2 for 17. This is a passing game script type of game against Tampa Bay, which bodes well for him. But So I'm okay with him in your wide receiver three. I prefer him in a flex. But yeah, I I mean, in a two wide receiver league, I'd be hard bent to put Pascal in my starting lineup. Hard bent. That's a new one. Um, look, you you can't you cannot ignore the fact though that Tampa Bay has been getting torched by wide receivers. They have given up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve games of seventy five or more yards to wide receivers. Yummy. It's yummy. It's yummy. And I think Zach Zach Pascal is gonna eat that whole thing thing. Um we talked about Jack Doyle. Let's go to the backfield. It looks like Marlon Mack is going to be back. This is a very good uh, run-stuffing defense is in Tampa Bay. Um, he he expects to play. And this is a hand injury. So 
you know, it's not like he has an ankle injury. You know what I mean? It's not a James Conner situation. This is a hand injury. So it's not something that he can re re aggravate. Um unless, you know, he gets hit in the hand again. Uh, I I mean Marlon Mack be, behind this offensive line, you, you gotta like his chances to score a touchdown, no? Against Tampa Bay, man, Tampa no. Bay is tremendous eh, against right, the run. All right, all right. This is a good offensive Coming line. Coming off though. an injury, now they got Jordan Wilkins healthy again. They Jonathan Williams was stealing some work, so I wouldn't expect Mac to just play and get twenty rushes again coming off an injury. So, so. are you like are you flirting with sitting Marlon Mack, Jason? Uh, I mean, you'd have to have a pretty deep team to do that. But if I don't know if Devin Singletary was a stash on your bench and now you have him in your flex, I'm not sitting him for Marlon Mack. Same. Hmm. I'm starting Miles Sanders over him too. If Jordan Howard's out. Okay. Same. All right, let's go over to our next game, uh, the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Uh, this is a 42.5-point over-under with the Houston Texans a 9.5-point favorite. Uh, a lot of that probably has to do with the brand-new rookie at quarterback. So let's What's go his to name, Tim? Drew Locke. Nailed it. Not, Not Andrew Luck. Luck. Not Luck. Um, Drew Locke looked good in the beginning, but then definitely looked like a rookie at the end. Uh, Corlin Sutton, Sutton made one of the best catches you'll ever see in your life. Um, this Houston secondary is not good, so I am starting Cortland Sutton in this game. Um, besides that, I don't know if I could start Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. I don't know it. Cortland Sutton is a stud. So, yeah, um, play him even though he has Drew Locke at QB. Drew Locke pretty, looked pretty good. He's better than he seemed to be better than Brandon Allen at the very least. So, yeah, I agree. You got to play Cortland Sutton because he just he's just so ridiculously great. Um, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, man. I don't even want to discuss Royce Freeman really. Um, it's more just Philip Lindsay at this point. Yeah, Royce Freeman's out. Do not start Royce Freeman in the playoffs. But he's Philip Lindsay has been getting the work. Seventeen rushes again last week against LAC. He always starts games hot and then just falls off. Like he hasn't put up over ten points since week ten. Yeah, so it's well since week nine. Week ten was his bye since week. Week nine. Yeah, so there's definitely a limited ceiling there as well. Let's see. The only time he scored. He has two games over 20, and he scored a touchdown in those games, obviously. One of them, he scored two touchdowns. And it's not like this is some powerhouse offense, so expecting a touchdown would be tough. It's just, I don't understand how people have him ranked so high. I think he's more of just a flex play and low-end RB2. Like, the expert consensus ranking has him at 16. It's a little bit crazy to me. I have him at 23. He gets gets at Houston, at Kansas City, Detroit— both of them in the top in the bottom six of fantasy well top six of fantasy points allowed um, to the running back which is really the bottom six uh, if you're looking at it like that because it's a negative top so if there's any time to start Philip Lindsay and you're probably I mean you're probably dependent on Philip Lindsay but I don't know I'm I'm not comfortable even taking a chance on him besides Sutton and Lindsay though there's no one on this team that I want to start yeah Noah Fant's first game with uh, Drew Locke he went one for five on three targets so three targets is his lowest since. Week six, which is not a good sign. Uh, Luck Lock has that big arm, so he wants to go deep. I think. Yeah. Um, let's go over to the other side. Deshaun Watson finally had a Deshaun Watson game. He had it in the game that he wasn't supposed to, because that's what Deshaun Watson does. He's a clutch dude. He's a really talented dude, and he lights up the Patriots. Now there is one thing that no one is mentioning: the Patriots flew in two separate planes because the entire team had the flu. Yeah. 
So that is something to keep in mind. But with that being said, uh, you gotta love, you gotta love Watson in this game, and you gotta love Hopkins, even though he probably gets Chris Harris. <clears throat> the wide receiver I really like in this game is Will Fuller because Chris Harris, like you said, is gonna be lined up against DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is still gonna do his thing. I mean, it's it's DeAndre Hopkins, but recent wide receivers against the uh, Denver avoiding Chris Harris, Mike Williams put up 117 yards. Uh, Cole Beasley, six receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Olabisi Johnson caught six balls, like his career high. Jarvis Landry caught six balls for 50 yards and a touchdown. I mean, Will Fuller almost had a 30-yard touchdown last week against New England that got knocked out of his hands when he fell to the ground. That was ruled incomplete. I'm rolling Will Fuller back out there because I think there's big upside here against Denver. Interesting. I like it. Uh, both Scar, I mean, Carlos Hyde. Uh, also against Denver, um, how do you guys feel about Carlos High slash Duke Johnson? Who Duke Johnson? This guy is so elusive, bro. I don't know why no one gives him a fair shake because he's a good player. Um, but he had 90 yards and a touchdown. Do you think they involve him more in the offense regularly, or is this just a blip on the radar? I mean, he's been more involved recently, but it's not something you could rely on. Uh, it's it's funny in games where he averages. Five targets for more, he's averaging double digits. In the games where he's two, four targets or less, he's averaging like five points. So that's really the determination here. Is he going to see five targets? And then if yes, start. If not, no. And against Denver, I don't see that happening. What about Carlos Hyde, who had a shitty game? Uh, well, that's because he's just a, a shitty player. Um, I'm, You know I'm not the biggest Carlos Hyde person. If well, you don't say. There. I don't know I gave that away. Maybe it's the fact that you just called him shitty. Yeah. I mean, his upside is 18. Before, After that, his highest score was 14. And in that game, he put up 160 yards, dude. Like, it's just boring. Carlos Hyde is boring. I'd, I'd rather start someone else. Uh, our next game is the Los Angeles Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Chargers are a... Th- I mean, the Jaguars... I'm sorry. The Chargers are a three-point favorite on the road with a 43-point over under let's go to the tape um Gardner Minshew Minshew mania is back which is good news for DJ Chark not so good for DD Westbrook um let's talk about it go ahead talk I mean look DJ Chark he's had those big blow up games he's also had some rough patches against Tampa Bay last week was a huge letdown you expected a ginormous game from him but I mean he didn't even have a target in the first half from Nick Foles Ended two for 47. Fair to say Nick Foles sucks. Now he gets Casey Hayward, who has been solid again this season. He's the number one uh, cornerback, according to PFF, over the last three years overall. So he's just been consistently very solid for years now. So it's a tough matchup here for DJ Chark, man. And D.D. Westbrook has been decent since he's returned, but that's also been mainly because of garbage time. Like both games against Tennessee, 8 for 69, and Tampa Bay, 5 for 60, was times where they had to pass to come back. He wasn't like an immediate huge part of their offense. So he's more of a flex appeal guy for me. Um, But DJ Chark, more of a wide receiver too. It is a tough matchup against Casey Hayward, but he's shown the blow-up ability plenty of times this season. For sure. Um, Jason, how do you feel about these other pass-catching options? Uh, I mean, with Minshew around, they'll likely pass a little bit more effectively um 
And Didi's been a solid wide receiver three at times this season. He also has a very low floor. I'm not trusting anyone else. I know Chris Conley had some steam at some point this season. Uh, Didi's seen at least six targets in the last three games. At least six targets, actually, in the last every game this season except for two. So he's someone you could rely on for a decent amount of points. So I'd throw him out there as wide receiver three, four. I'm okay with that. Uh, no one else you truly really consider. Um, the Chargers have gotten slashed on the ground by a few guys this, this year. And Leonard Fournette gets more work than anyone else. Um, the Chargers giving up the ninth amount of fantasy, the ninth most fantasy points to running back. So that's something that you love to see. They're 26 in DVOA against the pass catcher out of the backfield, which is something that, again, Fournette, not a lot of people saw this coming, but he's one of the better receiving backs uh, this season. You got to love yourself some Leonard Fernandez. Game. Yeah, I've missed my RB5 this week. Uh, nine, nine, and seven receptions the last three weeks. Holy moly, is that glorious, especially in PPR leagues. You'll take it in half PPR leagues too because targets are worth so much more than carries in those formats. And he's getting the work on the ground against the Chargers, like you said, have just been manhandled on the ground for weeks now. This is a big smash spot for Leonard Fournette. Let's go over to the other side. Um, Phillip Rivers uh, looked washed but has kind of come along the past couple weeks. A lot of that has to do with the reemergence of Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, two touchdowns in two games in a row. Does that continue against a Jacksonville secondary that has gotten cooked? You know, it is interesting that he started throwing to Keenan Allen again, and he's had better performances. Like, he's not throwing 18 picks, but Keenan Allen against Jacksonville, you have to play him if you own him because he's he is getting the work again. I do think the upside's a little limited. Uh, he, he hasn't had over 100 yards since week three. Um, upside's limited... Not overall upsides limited in like wide receiver one capacity. I think he's more of like a high end wide receiver two this week uh, than a wide Guys, receiver one option. It's week fourteen. It's not a coincidence that Keenan Allen at week ten came back to life. True. Keenan Allen is the second half wide receiver. More That's specifically, facts. he's the final four week wide receiver. He's done it time and time again, year after year, and we're we're seeing it start. It's going to continue. I, I usually stay away from making game predictions in this one, but I think that this is a Chargers. This has Chargers blowout written on it. Uh, the reason is because... Chargers of, blow out the Jaguars? Yeah, I think the Chargers blow out the Jaguars. I think the reason is because where the Jaguars are weak is where the Chargers are strong. Um, 28th against a slot receiver. Keenan Allen lines up at this, out of the slot most of the time. 25th in DVOA, uh, again from Football Outsiders, uh, against the tight end. Hunter Henry has been playing fantastic and 25th against the running back out of the backfield and you have melvin gordon and austin eckler i think that Allen eats i think henry eats i think gordon eats i think eckler eats and i think there's enough to go around mike williams the player you did not name i agree i'm not super high on him this week because there's so many options there we've seen it happen where guys get bounced out and mike williams only has 38 receptions on the season which is nuts when he has 778 yards. Like 20 and a half yards per reception is crazy. But that's how they use him at this point. He doesn't have a touchdown yet. If you want to put him in your flex, I mean, 13, 7, 9, and 14 the last four weeks is decent. But I don't love him this week. Like you said, the other pass catchers on that team and even the running game is just in a better position, especially with Hunter Henry coming off a game where he went two receptions for 10 yards. I do expect him to bounce back. Jason? 
How do you how do you feel or, about the how do you feel about the guys that I actually said are going to do well, not like the opposite, like Michael did, <laughs> like the running backs, the tight ends. Yeah, I mean, there's only a certain amount of people we can talk about. Thank you for clarifying the running backs, Tim. Um, listen, I, you give me sass, Jason gives you sass, brotherhood. <laughs> sass up the ass here, Tim. I think Michael was the one that tweeted it last week. Uh, Austin Eckler touchdown. Just zoomed out of a rocket, doing what Austin Eckler does. Tim actually tweeted I that. Did that. Oh, good job, Tim. I, I, <laughs> I seem like a Michael tweet. That's what Austin Eckler does, man. No matter what you do, no matter if you look at how many touches he gets, no matter if you look at uh, the game situation he's in, at the end of the day, Austin Eckler's putting up points. And you need to start him. Like, unless you have a bomb squad, you just need to start him. And Melvin Gordon is the back to start over Eckler at the moment because he gets more touches and because he's a little more reliable with those touches, but they're both great plays week in, week out. Uh, the Jacksonville matchup shouldn't shy anyone away. They've actually been in the bottom half of the league against running back. Horrible. Just horrible. Specific, specifically against pass catchers out of the backfield. 25th in the league in DVOA. I mean, that's, that's bada bing, bada boom. It's really bad. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. The Tennessee Titans at the Raiders. Raiders. Uh, 46.5 point over-under, which is one of the higher over-unders in this game. So interesting because um, I guess they believe in these offenses. Oakland's been playing like shit. Um, That's weird. Tennessee is the uh, minus 2.5 point favorite. Now, this is in the black hole, so there is something to be said about that. But um, if Tennessee was at home, I would say definitely Tennessee blowout. I think Tennessee wins by a touchdown or better in this game. Personally, let's start with the Titans. Derrick Henry is the running back three on the season right now. He has been fucking phenomenal. <clears throat> Shout out to Derrick Henry um, for being the guy that we th- we thought he could be. And one of the reasons for that is because Ryan Tannehill actually makes a difference in the passing game. and get. And it, there's not just everyone in the box against him. And he can wear out defenses. And I don't think the Oakland defense has much of a chance against Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry goes for another big game. Michael, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you here. I mean, this dude's just an absolute animal on the ground. He destroys teams in the second half mainly. Even in the first half, he plays well. I mean, 149 rushing yards last week was his lowest output over the last three weeks. 159, 188, five touchdowns over that span. The three receptions was nice to see, but he doesn't even have a role in the pass-catching game, really, and that doesn't matter because he's so damn effective on the ground. That's their offense. Ryan Tannehill's ridiculously efficient, top three in true throw value. I mean, their offense is really working right now the way it's been going, so I expect another big game from Derrick Henry. I don't see why that would change. Um, In terms of the pass-catchers, uh, A.J. Brown has been good. Uh, Corey Davis has not been good. Um, so with that being said, are you a fan of AJ Brown in a situation where the Raiders have been giving up points to wide receivers? Yeah. And maybe more interested seeing this spread that Vegas has a little, a little boggling of my mind. I must say, um, Tennessee's a decent def- defense. Yeah. And the Raiders aren't that good. I think I bet the under in this game, unless the uh, but Raiders are trash. Let me fix that. for The me. Raiders are trash. You said aren't. They are trash. Yeah, they're trash. Yeah. Uh, their yeah. wins have come in close games this year. And the historically, one-possession wins do not last. Those even out over time. And you're seeing it happen right now. I do think A.J. Brown is a decent 
boom bust flex play this week. Um, he's been a lot more boom this season, but listen, recently with Tannehill, he's been very efficient, and that's not surprising since Tannehill is high in true throw value. He went four for 81 a couple weeks ago, four for 135 and a touchdown. Last week, three for 45, not going to win you anything, but look, it's six fantasy points that you had in your flex. It's not the worst thing on earth. He has a lot of upside against the Raiders. The Raiders don't have a daunting defense. To say the least. To say the least. Um, honestly, don't have a daunting is probably a compliment. So I like A.J. Brown as a flex. Yeah, I'm a big A.J. Brown guy this week. He's someone I'd be willing to put in my wide receiver three or flex spot if I'm looking for upside against Oakland. I think he could have a big game. All right, here we go. The either-or matchups. Ready? A.J. Brown or Zach Pascal? Pascal. You're killing me here, guy. I don't want to give an answer. It's too hard. Um, I guess I'd, I guess right now I'd go Pascal. James Washington or A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. Jason? A.J. Brown, easy. Easy, really? James Washington's been good. Dude, he catches one touchdown, a deep touchdown from Hodges. No, I'm not buying into those garbage touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey or A.J. Brown? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. All right. Um, Oakland, 28th and 30th in DVOA against the outside wide receivers. That is horrendous. Yeah, even so, I'm not trusting Corey Davis. Get no, that it's the playoffs. Get your mouth. No, boy. yeah, get, your name out, get that name out your mouth. Um, but one name that you can put in your mouth, Ryan Tannehill. How do you guys feel about him as a streamer option? Streamer. I, I, actually, not even a streaming option. Like, if you have him, you've probably been starting him for the last few weeks. Disappointed a bit against Indy last week. But again, super efficient, dude. I mean, 17 for 22. It was just 182 yards. Um. Derrick Henry stole a touchdown from him, but I mean, he didn't put up big numbers fantasy-wise, but he was very solid again overall. Against Oakland, I expect him to have a better day, so yeah, definitely a streaming option. I have a dart throw prediction. I think Derrick Henry scores a passing touchdown. This, I mean, a, a receiving touchdown this week. That's a, that's certainly a dart throw. I think uh, he has one all season. Yeah, I think he gets two, and this is the week that he does it. Um, anyone else want to talk about in this game? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, so. we got to talk about the Raiders now. Well, yeah, Timmy said I, on this team. Are you said no? Team I said game? game, but I meant team. All right, let's go oh, over to okay. let's get over over to the Raiders sidelines. Then, um, Derek Carr, you're not starting. Period. That is nope. correct. Um, Darren Waller, though, on Waller. the other hand, you gotta love his prospects because we mentioned it. Michael was on this way early. Uh, this it's like a consensus now around the fantasy world, but. The first person I heard say this was Michael. Hunter Renfro cut into Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro out. Darren Waller getting those targets again. And he ate last game. Um, I cannot trust any other pass-catching option except Darren Waller. Boom, Bob Diddley. Absolutely. Tyrell Williams is a complete afterthought as of now with the way that offense is going. And Darren Waller, 7 for 100 last week, 9 targets. Tennessee's bad against the tight end, so fire him up. Um, let's go over to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs started the year hot, but maybe hitting that rookie wall. If you, if you don't remember this, the, the one criticism of Josh Jacobs coming out of college was that he split a backfield and he was never the workhorse. Um, is this more of a situation where he's been playing really good defenses of late, or is this more of a situation of he's kind of losing his legs, getting tired because he's never handled this kind of workload before? It's a situation of the man doesn't catch passes. And in today's NFL, 
I don't know. People are going to assume you're losing steam if you're not putting up numbers, but he's not putting up numbers because he's one-dimensional. Also, and against KC, he had 104 rushing yards, but he only had 10 points. Ridiculous, uh, but Josh Jacobs, sorry, I'm cutting you off, but he apparently just came out that he said he's been playing with a fractured shoulder. That's pretty nuts. Oh, what a beast. Right? Yeah, right. My respect goes over him immensely. But with that being said, what do you expect out of him this week? Mid-range RB2. Um, yeah, I think the same. He's touchdown dependent. Any running back who is not involved in the passing game is touchdown dependent, whether you want to believe that or not. Like all those people out there who continue to rank him in like the top 10. Right, because if you, you go for 104 yards and you get 12.4 points. 10.4 points. <laughs> 12. He scored twelve point four points at Kansas City. Oh, well, that's you're you're looking at points where we have bonuses for hundred yards. Bro. Oh, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Ten point four. He's turned ten point as if he doesn't know how to divide ten point four by. I always make 10. this mistake. I got to get out of our home league and I got to go into like our our standard league. Do we move, bro? No, yeah. I don't want to talk about move. anyone else from the Raiders. All right, so let's move on <laughs> to our next game: the Steelers at the Cardinals. This one is interesting because. The two, these two teams are going in two completely different directions. The Cardinals are looking like one of the worst teams in the league, especially last week. And the Steelers, despite the fact that they lost basically everyone, um, looks like a playoff team. And that shows you the difference between a good organization and a bad organization. Um, Pittsburgh at Arizona. Pittsburgh, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. Um, I want to start with the running back because whoever plays running back on this Team James Conner or Benny Snell, I want to start them, and I'm doing it with bells and whistles on. Bells and whistles. Um, yeah, if James Conner's out, I agree. Uh, you could start Benny Snell, another guy who's touchdown dependent. But if you're gonna be touchdown dependent, you're gonna want to do it against the Arizona Cardinals, right? So, yeah, Benny Snell would certainly uh, move up into RB two territory, and certainly a great flex play if James Conner's out. The Arizona Cardinals have given up a shit ton of big games to wide receivers. James Washington has become Duck Hodges' go-to guy. I like James Washington this week. I like him. I know you guys don't agree with me, but I do. I like him. Buying into long touchdowns is just a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. This guy's not going to catch a 70-yard touchdown every game. But I'm not buying into long touchdowns. I'm buying into the fact that he is building a rapport with the current quarterback. The The current quarterback likes throwing to him. I'm buying into the fact that he could do more this week. That... Three receptions is not going to be the norm. It's going to be more than that. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, if James Washington is my favorite of the bunch, I'm okay with him as a flex option or even a wide receiver three if you have to put him there. But Juju might return. Deontay Johnson might return. Just going to muddy the wa- muddy the waters even further. It's just I don't want to pay. I don't want a part of the passing attack. I'll tell you that much. Even in the great matchup, the last time the Arizona Cardinals did not allow. Um, at least 80 yards to a wide receiver was against Seattle one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks ago. Sounds like it's due to happen again. That's why I like James Washington. No, I'm saying it's Washington. due for them to be shut down again. No, yeah, yeah. Washington, you a hater. Um, what about we 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 touched on this a little bit more before Vance McDonald. Now Vance McDonald does not have a game of 40 yards. This season. But with that being said, like Michael said, neither did Tyler Higby until he came across the Arizona Cardinals and tight ends. You want to talk about a, a disgusting, disgusting, disgusting display of defense? Arizona versus the tight ends. Um, yeah. It's horrible. 
But Gerald Everett was also injured, and Tyler Higby had a role, and it's a team that throws to their tight end. And mm. look, I know I might be in the minority here, but I just cannot throw Vance McDonald out there. I can't do it. I can't win with him. Man, but they've him. given up some big games to tight ends, man. He is useless. He's not even used with Hodges under center. He has four targets in the last two games. Look, I don't want to use him either, but if you're streaming him, it's not the worst idea. They let O.J. Howard go for 47 and a touchdown. Yeah, it's it's that bad. They're the number one. <laughs> talk about end. a guy. Talk about a guy with no role. Arizona defense is the number one tight end. Just that's that's the math. It, can you can you like clarify that a little bit? The number one tight end this season is tight end that plays against Arizona, which is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that's a crazy thing. Um, anyone else who want to talk about it on the Raiders? I mean, that on, on Pittsburgh that you're considering in a playoff game? Probably not. No. Yeah. Um, let's go to our next game: the Chiefs at the Patriots. In the oh, we didn't discuss the Cardinals guy. We didn't discuss the Cardinals at all. We did not. Oh, I'm I'm in a, I'm in too much of a rush. Let's go over to the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray did not look finally very good. had a bad game. Yeah, did not look very good, and he's playing a Pittsburgh defense that uh, has the number one rated pass rush on PFF. Um, that's been their their staple. Uh, Bud Dupree, Vernon Hargrave, Casey Hayward, and uh, T.J. Watt have been redonkulous. Mika Fitzpatrick, by the way. Probably the if if you really want to look at it like not stats wise but but difference on the field wise, I think he's the player of the year on the defensive side. Um, but with that being said, uh, Kyler Murray and his weapons, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, really that's it. And just, I'm not playing any of them with confidence this week. Yeah, I just want to say I hate all the quarterbacks this week. I'm not gonna lie. Like making my QB rankings, I was like I don't like any of this. And I ended up with Kyler Murray at 11 just because he has the potential to score on the ground and to run for 50 to 60 yards. But I'm not interested in Kenyon Drake. I'm not interested in David Johnson. As a flex play, Kenyon Drake, sure. Christian Kirk, even in tough matchups, he has tough games. And in good matchups, he plays well. It's just this is a tough matchup, so I don't want to trust him either. If you're not trusting Christian Kirk, you're certainly not trusting Larry Fitzgerald. They don't have a tight end option. So I... I just, all these guys are more flex appeal for me this week. Well, Kenyon Drake and Christian Kirk, I wouldn't want to trust anyone else. Uh, Jason, what about you? Since we're, doing, uh, since we're basically doing the entire Arizona at the same time. I'm a little more okay to starting Kenyon Drake than Michael is. He was still the lead back last week. It was just a bad week all around for the team. Yeah. Uh, Drake still had 13 rushes, five targets. A lead back on a team that's going to try to pass a lot, at least, or try to move the ball. If some of them are okay with starting in the flex, Drake has struggled a little bit in recent weeks. But the volume has been there. So I'll, I'll keep riding him as a flex. Uh, not much upside, though. It is a tough matchup. Talk about not being able to tell talent. Like, Drake goes from one team playing behind Kalen Balaj to and Mark Walton to another team where he starts over David Johnson. Yeah. Like what? What? Um, let's go to the Chiefs at the Patriots this time. Got a little excited on that one because this is an AFC showdown. Um, this is a forty-nine point over/under, despite the fact that New England's defense has been atrocious recently. Uh, New England is a three-point favorite at home, uh, so this game even in terms of uh, talent. Tom Brady did not look great. Um, Julian Edelman is a must-play, but besides that, 
Mohamed Sanu is not reliable. Um, and you don't even want to consider the rest of these pass-catching options. So, I mean, it's Edelman and it's no one else in the pass-catching role. I mean, in the for, for the receivers. We'll talk about James White in a second. Agreed. At this point, you can't trust Sanu or Dorsett or Myers or Harry, any of them. Now, there's the flip side of that, though. Kansas City has been one of the worst run defenses in the league this year. They've given up the second most points to fantasy running backs. And if we know one thing about Bill Belichick, he exploits your weakness. And he does it over and over and over again. So I do think that Sony Michelle could have a good game in this one. And I think James White is in line for another good game like he did last week. Well, not 33 points like he did last week. But I think he's in line to like lead the team in targets, possibly. Um, that kind of shit. What do you think about that, Jay? I like the point you made on the Monday pod. Uh that Tom Brady just seems to be there's not a lot of pizzazz in that offense right now and Brady seems to be not too trustworthy in his, his receivers and I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw him getting fed up with them at the same time that we saw James White getting a lot of work facts yeah I'm not one to like like recency bias is a thing that affects a lot of people so I'm not one to take games outlier games and really believe in it but we've seen James White do these things in the past. And like you guys said, it just happened when they needed a pass catcher to come out. And James White ended up becoming that entire offense in the third and fourth quarter. So as much as I don't want to buy into a one game thing in the entire season, I'm kind of buying into it. <laughs> so I think they're both RB2 options. Um, Sony Michelle, this is a, as good a time as ever for him to find the end zone again because KC has been so dreadful on the ground. One thing that we preach in the offseason is do not take well before I, before I start on this Tom Brady. Uh no. I mean uh, he I'm not put up 25 Tom. last week in garbage time. The only way they're going to hand the ball off to Sony Michelle 20 times. The only way he'll really be useful is if KC takes a big lead. I think Sony Michelle touches the ball 20 times this game. I really do. And then James White touches it another 10. Possibly. I wouldn't be super shocked. Um one thing that we preach in the offseason is that quarterbacks should not be drafted early, and here's why. Since the first three weeks where Patrick Mahomes looked like he was going to be the MVP again, he's put up more than 20 fantasy points one time since week four. Crazy. That's one time. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you have to play him, but it's Patrick Mahomes against the best defense in the league that takes away your your running, uh, that takes away your best attack, and that has a 31-year-old running back and a six-round rookie behind them. So I'm not that excited about playing Pat Mahomes but is there a situation where you could pivot? Like, would you rather yeah, play uh, Darnold against Miami? No. No. Would you rather play Tannehill? No. No. I'm I'm just sticking with Pat Mahomes, man. You got to. You got to. You got to. Like we said earlier in the, in the first episode, this is the time of year you got to ride your studs. Yeah, and he just he's also been a little less fortunate with touchdown passes this season. Like, he threw over fifty touchdowns last season. Um, yeah, fifty to be exact. He only has 20 through 10 games this season. Like, they're they're scoring more rushing touchdowns. He's not throwing as many touchdowns through the air. He only has one four-touchdown game this year, which is different from last season. So, I mean, all he has to do is throw a few touchdowns. I'm I'm rolling with it, man. I, New England just got exploited by Deshaun Watson. I know their defense has been great, but it just hasn't been. They've played bad teams, dude. And then they got exploited by Deshaun Watson last week. So I wouldn't be shocked if Patrick Mahomes has a good game. I'm just I'm rolling with him. Just putting it out there, a lot of those guys were sick last week. A lot True. of them had the flu. Probably True. probably gone by now. Um, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, 
These are the two guys you want to play in terms of the passing game. You know Bill Belichick, like I said, likes to take away your go-to thing. So with that being said, does he take away Tyreek Hill? Does he take away Travis Kelsey? Uh, Tyreek Hill versus Stephon Gilmore is something that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, Travis Kelsey uh, against a New England defense that is seventh in DVOA against the tight end. I don't know, man. This one could be a grinded out game, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and it's like 21 to 24 in the first half. Like this is a very hard game to predict because you don't know what you're going to get, but I mean, you got to play your studs. The biggest mismatch of this game is Jonathan Jones against Sammy Watkins and Sammy Watkins didn't even have a catch last week. So first off, don't play Sammy Watkins. But secondly, that just means Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to have to carry the load again. So I'm absolutely firing them up happily in difficult matchups because all they need is one play with Patrick Mahomes. Daryl Williams is definitely not playing this week. That is for sure. Uh, Damian Williams looks like he's not going to play this week. Um, that's still up in the air, though. He did not practice because of the hamstring. Hamstrings are ling- lingering injuries. Uh, I will s- I'm will. sorry. Daryl has a hamstring. Damian has a rib. Another lingering injury, though. So Damian and Daryl look like they're not going to be in. That leaves LaShawn McCoy. And that leaves Darwin Thompson. McCoy's going to get the start here, but he's old, he's battered, and this is a team that knows him well because he played with the Bills twice a year against the Patriots. Um, On the other hand, Darwin Thompson, young, fresh legs. Is this a case where it's going to be they they cannibalize each other and you can't play either of them? Or is it going to be a case where they both get opportunity and you could play both of them? What do you think, Jason? I'm going to side with the cannibal a little bit. Really? Just because I think that there's not too much cannibaling to go around. I'm assuming the adverb, the, the, the verb is at cannibalizing. Cannibalizing. Spencer cannibalizing. Ware, by the way, the return to Kansas City. So if he gets in there, return he'll probably be man. good too because he's only good when he's in Chiefs uniform. Look, right now the Chiefs are down to an old guy who's past his prime, a rookie scat back. Which it, who was drafted in the sixth off round. The street. Yeah. And a guy off the street. And they're playing the Patriots. So there's upside, but there's a shitload of downside. And if I'm being honest, it might just be better to not start a Chiefs running back. Ooh. I, I, like, I like Shady, personally. I, I can't disagree with Jason here, man. I think they're both flex plays. Shady a little higher than Darwin Thompson. But I think if they're going to do damage against New England, it's going to be through the air. Interesting, which not a lot of teams have done against New England. This one could be a close. True. This one could be a close (laughs) matchup. I I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the 20s for both teams. Um, Sunday night? Sunday night football on MSG. How did they not flex the Pats? The Chiefs at the Pats. Yeah, it's a little lame. What? They got the Giants and Eagles? Monday night. I was literally just thinking. Well, you can't flex into Monday night. I was literally just thinking, is this the Sunday night game? Tim didn't announce it because it's such a good game. Yeah, I mean, nah, this is the Sunday. Los Angeles at Seattle, I get it. It's, it's a lot of division implications, but how do you flex that over KC and and the, the Pats? It's crazy. Um, let's go over, though. Uh, Seattle at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this is a 47-point over-under. The Rams are a one-point favorite, which means Vegas likes Seattle as the better team. Um Los Angeles had a big game last week, and they needed it. Um, this is not an unbeatable 
Uh, this is not an unbeatable secondary by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, Seattle secondary has been beat uh, beat up. Their running, their running defense is good, but their secondary has been beat up. So let's talk about the three guys. Robert Woods last week, 17 It's two tar- guys now. Look, I mean, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is over. I want to say he's also over his first game back after a big concussion. It's over. Relax yourself. Uh, Robert Woods, 17 targets. You can't expect that to happen again, but you can expect like 10 targets. Cooper Cup, he had a nice resurgent game and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, back for the first time. Um, how do we feel about these three receivers who last year were just like, yep, start them in any situation? Jared Goff threw for 395 yards last time he played Seattle, so earlier this year, so he had he did have success against them last time. Cooper Cup, I'm firing up as a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. It's nice to see him get back into rhythm last week. And like you said, there's there's not really any daunting matchups for Seattle. I like Robert Woods as a wide receiver, too, who's really come on strong lately, uh, at least 95 yards in three of his last – in all three of, of uh, his previous games. You have to find the end zone, but when you're putting up 172 yards, it doesn't matter. It was a huge game for him. And like I said, Brandon Cooks is done. There's no way you could trust Brandon Cooks this week. He's done for at least this week. Like – Two for 24 against Arizona in a game where Jared Goff threw for over 400 yards is not something you want to consider or should consider, in my opinion. Um, Todd Gurley has been super efficient. Um, does he keep his efficient ways going this week, Jason? Uh, I don't see why not. It's a division matchup. They're going to have to score to keep up with Seattle, who has a great offense. And as you said, Todd Gurley's been good, man. He's been getting a little bit more a few more touches recently. Uh, let's throw the Baltimore game out of the window because that was just disgusting. Debacle. He had 28 touches against Chicago and 20 against Arizona. This was every all the games before this, he didn't reach that threshold. So the Rams are getting to the end of the season clearly using Todd Gurley more. That was probably their goal going into the season <clears throat> to save him for the end of the year. They're going to need to do some work to get into the playoffs. Probably not going as they had imagined. But he's been getting a lot of work, so you got to fire him up and be confident about it. Also, I just have to say this. Tyler Higby is the expert consensus ranking of tight end 11. Wow, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he just had his best game of his life against Arizona. Duh. Like, no, don't start Mike Kosicki. That's some... What? I mean, wow, I said Mike Kosicki. Don't start <laughs> Tyler Higby. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is definitely chasing the points right there. Although... Seattle, middle of the pack in terms of DVOA. I don't care. <laughs> um, what about Jared Goffrey? Certainly a streaming option. Like I said, put up 395 yards against Seattle last time they played. Um, let's go over to the Seattle side. Uh, Russell Wilson is is possibly the MVP, but, dude, almost no fantasy value and no predictability whatsoever. Yeah, he's like a, a top three quarterback right now, I think. But because of the boom games that he's had. I mean, two games of 41 and 39 is ridiculous. But, like... That's two games. Yeah, it's two games. Uh, more but than the, half... I mean, I mean, like, that's two games that equal four games. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. But, like, half the games, he's going to score, like, 18 or less. It's just... I don't know. Russell Wilson is... But this is what happens in the Brian Schottenheimer offense. Like, you got to expect things like this. Like, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny just ran all over Minnesota. Right? 39 so, rush attempts for Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Yeah, 31 pass attempts for Russell Wilson. The Rams are a decent team. Uh, the hope for Russell Wilson is that the Rams keep it close so that they, or even take a lead so that they can't just rely on the running backs. 
But, I mean, Russell Wilson is a mid-range QB1 this week, I think, with obviously the downside of being QB2 and the upside of winning your week for you, like he's shown this season that he can. Where do you have him ranked this week in quarterbacks, Mike? QB7. I think that's that's fair. Um, Jason, what do you think about this running game? We saw Rashad Penny. This is the second straight week of a good game. Now, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny ate last week. Um, this is a Los Angeles... Uh, there's a Los Angeles defense that is not particularly great uh, against the run. I'm going to pull up their exact stats in just a second, but um, not particularly great against the one. Do you think that this is a situation where both of these guys can be played? Uh, I guess. I'm not banking on Penny. I think nothing has really changed, man. People just think that if Chris Carson fumbles, things are going to change. That's just not how it goes. The Seahawks are committed to Chris Carson. And they just ran the ball a lot against Minnesota. Chris Carson had 24 touches last week. At the same time, though, at the same time, Rashad Penny, 15 uh, carries. Don't care. And in the air, five targets. Chris Carson got 23 carries, 20 feet, 25 total touches. I don't care. But you're listening. You're not listening. But I don't care. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to supplant Chris Carson. What I'm saying is, is there not room for two startable fantasy assets in this team? There's room for Chris Carson and then the other guy if needed. That's how it's been all season. Yes, Rashad Penny just had a great game. Yes, he'll likely earn a little bit more work. Like, he has some flex appeal. But if he does again this week, don't be shocked. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Like, Chris Carson's expert consensus right now is 17. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Chris Carson is better than that. And even after that terrible game against Philly... He just got right back to doing what he does. Ran for over 100 yards in touchdown. Guys, I lost the game last week because DK Metcalf caught a pass and then had a completely meaningless 14 yards. On like a third and 20. On a third and 20. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. And then Michael, I, I watched on Roku. Shout out to Roku, who I bought. I bought stock in Roku when they were at $18. Now they're up to 150 Damn. I wish Damn. I bought more. Shit, Tim. I wish I bought more stock, honestly. I didn't buy that much. I only bought 15 shares. Because uh, I don't have that much money. <laughs> but um, DK Metcalf, um, Michael went damn in the group chat before I even saw the pass. And I'm like, no. Jason was Tim. like, dude, Tim is delayed. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I'm about that Roku life too now. So yeah, man. I feel the struggle. Um, so, I mean, DK Metcalf had himself an RA game. I, w- I want to talk about Tyler Lockett, man. Tyler Lockett, look, he had the flu. After the game, they asked him what he thought about his zero-catch performance. He's just like, I just want to go home. That's it. That's what he said. I just want to go home. Um, Pete Carroll said he was super sick. Um, so Tyler Lockett has not been good. Is this a game where he can break out of that funk? Against, uh, against of course, I mean, Nickel, Roby Coleman. <laughs> there's always a game he could break out of his funk. It's Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. One of the most efficient combos ever in history. Yeah. I mean, so you're, are you definitely, so someone asked me again, Tyler Lockett or Allen Robinson? I'd stick with Lockett this week with A-Rob going up against um, uh, Byron Jones. What about you, Jay? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but I'd probably go Lockett. Tyler Lockett or Hollywood Brown? Lockett. What kind of dumbass question was that? Tyler Lockett or Julian Edelman? (laughs) Julian Edelman. Edelman. Tyler Lockett or Cortland Sutton? Lockett. Sutton. Tyler Lockett or DJ Moore? Moore. Moore. 
So you guys aren't as high as Tyler Lockett. You that's a lot of that's a lot of other guys you mentioned there. Um, DJ, DK Metcalf, Stutes at Hollywood Brown. What? You know, man, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Give me some slack. All right. And then I had a really good one right after that. So suck it. Um, DK Metcalf. How do you feel about him this week? Going probably going up against Jalen Ramsey. He's been decent. He has uh, been for good. weeks now. He's been I good. mean, at least seventy yards in three of his last four games, kind of in line with the Tyler Lockett fall from uh, fall from grace. But he hasn't found the end zone in any of those games. But going up against the Rams, um, it's a game that's expected to be a little high scoring. So you got to expect DK Metcalf to get the targets. I mean, seven, six, ten, nine have been his targets the last four weeks. So you got to love seeing that too. Josh Gordon doesn't really have our only offense. Uh, neither does David Moore. So, I mean, you got to fire up DK Metcalf as a wide receiver three because of the upside that he has with Russell Wilson throwing. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Uh, oh, let's talk about Jacob Hollister, actually. Jacob Hollister, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't put up the numbers, but he's been targeted. So, I mean, if you're streaming tight ends, I'm a fan of streaming Hollister on Sunday night. Yeah, he was clearly a big part of that offense. I mean, anyone who saw that. Watched the game, clearly saw that. Eight targets, six receptions, 44 yards. Wilson looked his way a bunch. On 31 attempts, eight targets is a lot. It's over 25% of the targets. So he didn't find the end zone again, which sucks, but he's certainly um, an option again this week. Uh, yeah, for sure. Any questions? Nay. All right, let's go to our next. I, I, I just went teacher. Yeah, uh, right. You guys. Any, questions? any questions? That's how I end every single like little mini lecture that I do. Any questions? Um, Giants at the Eagles is the last game. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to start with the Eagles because I want to give you guys a little theory that I know the Twins aren't going to agree with, but tell I want to put it out more, there anyway. Tell me more. Um, the Giants are 29th in DVOA against the slot <laughs> receiver. Nelson Aguilar saw six targets last week. I'm not saying start Nelson Aguilar for sure, but this is what I am saying. Let's say you have Miles Sanders, and Jordan Howard is looking like he's on pace to be a game-time decision. This is a Monday night game, so it's not as if Miles Sanders could be – you could have someone – like you're not going to have Saquon Barkley, to, or you're probably not going to own Jordan Howard to handcuff him. Pick up Nelson Aguilar. He's a, probably available in your league, and if you're going to ride with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard ends up being the guy, pivot to Nelson Aguilar. I prefer Miles Sanders even if Jordan Howard returns. I don't know how that's possible. Aguilar is fourth in the pecking order behind Jeffrey Ertz and Goddard at this point. I'm not going to trust Nelson Aguilar, the most unclutched player in NFL history. It's not going to do it. Um, the, t- the slot receivers have absolutely murdered the Giants last week. That includes Alan Lazard. That includes Anthony Miller. Lazard also ended with three receptions. That's fine. That includes Jamison Crowder. That includes, uh, let's let's keep going, Danny Amendola. Players who were included in the offense. Steph, uh, no, Steph Andres didn't really do anything. But that's because Adam Thielen went for 130 and two. Mike Evans went for 190 and three. Jeffrey Ertz and Goddard. Michael Gallup went for 158. Randall Cobb going. went for 69 and 1. But this is the, the Giants defense gives up <clears throat> big games to multiple wide receivers all the time. All the time. I don't want the fourth player in a team's pecking order starting in my roster. Uh, not, to, not to keep harping on this. Alan Lazard and Devonta Adams both went off. Allen Robinson 
and Anthony Miller both went off. Demarius Thomas and Jamison Crowder both had over 80 yards. Amari Cooper, 80 yards and a touchdown. Michael Gallup, 33 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola both went off against them. Uh, Julian Edelman was the only one that day. Um, let's keep let's keep going. Let's keep it rolling. 190 and three from Mike Evans, like I said. Cole Beasley and John Brown went for over 72 yards each. Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. Come on, man! All of right? this for. Nelson Aguilar? Jeez Louise. Yes, because this is the type of shit you need to win championships. Like you, you All right, start Nelson Aguilar, and when he gets you 2.7, no, don't I'm, cry to I'm me I'm not saying it. start Nelson Aguilar. I'm saying he's a good pivot. I completely disagree. If you trust Nelson Aguilar, you're doing it wrong. I will make I will make a bet with you. What? That he scores what? Over eight fantasy points. Absolutely. He's not scoring eight. Jason, you want in on this? Yeah, sure. He's useless when other people on the team are healthy. Exactly. You should uh, know this by now. Alshon Jeffrey, though, start him. Yes. Zach Ertz, start him. Yes. And be happy about it. Um, Even Goddard's a good play this week. Goddard, good play. Carson Wentz, a good play. Um, Miles Sanders, if Jordan Howard doesn't play, great play. If he does play, Michael says he would start him anyway. I wouldn't. Jordan Howard, if he well, plays, great play. It depends on your options, but I still think he has flex appeal if Jordan Howard returns. Um. Anyone else want to talk about in this offense? I mean, it's pretty simple. The Giants' defense <coughs> sucks, and the Eagles are going to score points in them. Um, on the other hand, Eli Manning's back. Carson Wentz is a tremendous play. Tremendous. What do you have him as a wide receiver? Let me guess. Quarterback four? QB two. Two. I'm all over him this week. Damn. Because, look, he had that terrible stretch of games. He got Alshon Jeffrey back and became Carson Wentz again. I know it was against Miami, but the only – Passing defense equal to Miami, basically, is the New York Giants. So, fire up Carson Wentz. Um, all right. Shepard is back. Should play Shepard because Eli Manning likes throwing to a slot receiver. Uh, I think Darius Slayton is not a play in this game, even though he's been hot because you don't know what it's going to be like with Eli Manning throwing on the ball. I think the out of the wide receivers, Sterling Shepard is the only guy that I'm playing. Um, I think the best... News for Eli Manning is that Saquon Barkley's back. I mean, I'm sorry. The best move for Saquon Barkley is that Eli Manning is back because Manning likes to throw to Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. He's more of a, a dink and dunk kind of guy. Saquon Barkley can benefit from that. And, um, yeah, I think Barkley benefits from Eli Manning coming back. What Another thing, dude, because I completely agree. Saquon Barkley definitely gets a boost with Eli Manning back. Last year, Saquon Barkley was a completely different running back with Eli Manning at the helm. The first two weeks, Saquon Barkley was a completely different running back with Eli Manning at the helm. It's not because Eli Manning's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. It's because Eli Manning is a, what, 15-year vet at this point, 12-year vet, something of that sort, and he knows how to read a defense. He knows how to get the running back into good situations. If it's a stacked box, maybe he'll uh, audible. If he sees an opening, he'll audible to a run and give Saquon Barkley the ball. Daniel Jones isn't that savvy yet at this point. He doesn't know when to get Saquon Barkley the ball. And Eli Manning does. So I absolutely expect Saquon Barkley to have a better game this week against Philly. Do you agree, Jason? And, what, and also about Yeesh. Sterling Shepard? I agree a little less about Shepard. Talk about I don't it. know. I mean, the pass catchers offer upside. It is the Eagles they're playing. And as I said last week, I don't care if they've been decent recently. They suck. And... Uh, I mean, Darius Slayton, I can't trust. If Golden Tate comes back, him and Shepard basically play the same position. If uh, if Evan Ingram comes back, that's another mouth to feed. 
And we're talking about and we're talking about Eli Manning coming back. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So there's a lot to go around. Um, I'd I'd keep an eye out on the injury report, see if Tate plays, see if Ingram plays. I think that has a lot to do if you trust Shepard or not. I think they have some flex appeal, uh, mainly. Shepard, you could put in your wide receiver three. I prefer him in the flex. And Slayton, man, if Tate is out, Slayton is someone I consider in my flex. Eli Manning stream? No. If you want, no. if you want all the glory in the world, stream Eli Manning. That's all I'm saying. You'll probably. I'm on the edge. That's a glory. Play. Of glory. That's it for glory. us on this one. Usually we're like, yo, hit us up on Twitter um, with this one, but. We're not saying that this time. Now you can tune into the IG live. Don't forget to tune into that IG live. Peeps, we are going to be coming at you live 12 o'clock on Sunday. Join us. We're going to be there at Broto Fantasy on Instagram. Also, send us questions on Twitter. Um, Michael's going to be a busy little bee that day because he's going to be answering all the questions on Twitter and on Instagram. Overload. Overload. So we're going to have a lot of, of that going on. Um, so yeah, holla at your boy, Jason, our favorite time of the week, the Thrive Five. ThriveFantasy.com is the newest way to play uh, Daily Fantasy. If you miss out on the playoffs, no worries. You can still have some fun with the Thrive Fantasy app or the Thrive or ThriveFantasy.com. If you are new to the game, put in the promo code BRODO and they will match your deposit of $10 with your first deposit of $10 or more. Jason. Is going to give us some of his favorite plays this week, and we are going to tell him if he is a bugging boy or a good boy. Here's a type of play that me and Michael like a lot because the odds are always great. Ryan Fitzpatrick to not throw a touchdown. I mean, sorry, to not throw an interception. 130 points under half an interception, 70 over. I'm taking that under every day and just hoping that he doesn't throw an into. Yeah, uh, Miami gets the Giants, right? I mean, not no. Giants. The Jets. The Jets, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm taking that too. All right. I mean, I think he throws an interception. He is Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Jets don't really pick people off, though. But he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. If Jamal uh, Williams, Phillip- if Jamal Adams doesn't play, I like that bet a lot better. How about this one? This one's interesting. Derrick Henry at Oakland, 95 and a half rush yards. Oh, 95. Over 105, under 95. Rush yards, huh? Will if he it was, reach 100 yards? If it was all-purpose yards, I'd say definitely. I'm going to say yes for Derrick Henry over 95 yards. I'm taking that over. I like the odds, too. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, Tyreek Hill against New England, five and a half total receptions. Over. Over 105, under 95. Over. I think they concentrate mm. on Kelsey. Mm. I like that under. five, Six receptions against New England is a lot. I kind of like the under Especially because well. Tyreek Hill isn't a volume guy all the time either. But I, th- I think they, they concentrate on Kelsey. I could be wrong, though, obviously. Uh, Lamar Jackson against Buffalo. 280 and a half all-purpose yards, even odds. Over. 280 and a half is a significant amount. That he's surpassed every single week so far. It Not seems pretty easy for, for Lamar Jackson, man. He put up like 210 against San Fran last week. No, he put up 100 yards on the ground by himself. Yeah, and 110 passing. 100. He didn't pass much. I thought it was 170. Sure? Yes, I'm sure. All right. Well, that's Sanford. That's the best defense. Just saying, it's tough odds. Lastly, Alvin Kamara, 63.5 total rush yards. Over 110, under 90. Who do the Saints play again? I'm blanking for some reason. Saints play the Niners. Hmm. Yeah, I don't want to touch that. I don't know why you asked that one, Jay. You know, I'm going to say under. 
but I think he gets a bunch of passing yards. Yeah, honestly, these are these are pretty difficult this week. I'm not gonna lie. Good shout out to the Thrive Five. Um, so again, join us on our oh, live. Here's a better one, real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nick Chubb has better odds to not score a touchdown than to score one. I'll take that. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's remember to join us. We've said it a bunch of times already. At Broto Fantasy on Instagram, we're gonna be doing a live stream. Come get your updates. Until then, late. <laughs> Later. Later.